Play the movie. Yeah, play. for tuning into another episode of the Milk Movies Podcast. Today, we are starting it off with another sad note in the most relentless year in the history of the galaxy. Sean Connery passed away over the weekend at the age of 90. Great long life. Uh, Like I said, this has been a pretty relentless year. I don't know what other word to use to describe it. Lose another great icon, this time in Sean Connery again at the age of 90. Movie news, actually kind of not movie news, starting off with something that's, this is going to be a pretty short episode. I think I'm saying this as I'm just starting starting out with the uh, recording, so it could be wrong, not a ton to talk about. Uh, But starting out with something that's not movie news, but at least ties into Marvel and ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so still, at least to me, a pretty big deal. Oscar Isaac has been cast as Moon Knight in the Disney Plus series, Moon Knight, Uh, He last portrayed uh, Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse and now becomes an official member of the MCU, as I mentioned, after having not such great luck with Disney. Uh, Obviously, he played Poe Dameron in the Star Wars sequels, that that, uh, trilogy. Say what you will about that trilogy. I think most people can agree that Poe was kind of a dud of a character. Characterization of their characters uh, was kind of like a big fault in the sequel trilogy. So hopefully Oscar Isaac gets to redeem himself a little bit. Obviously any other previous interactions that he've had, even with just with Marvel, have been pretty subpar. So hopefully he gets to redeem himself here. I really like Oscar Isaac. I like the idea of him in this role. Uh, so he's kind of a smart aleck from what I understand. That character, Moon Knight, um, deals with uh, vampires. So... I think Dracula specifically at one point. So I, I like it. I think it's very cool. Uh, the Moon Knight series is going to be coming for a while. Again, the casting has just been announced. Uh, but I, I like it. Good stuff. I, I'm really excited to see what the MCU has in store with these shows tying in, uh, seeing how they tie in. Uh, and they have just a lot of really great names attached to their future projects. So hopefully um, this next phase or this next saga even is going to be just as strong as the Infinity Saga. Probably impossible to to outdo themselves, but we'll see. Looking forward to it. Next up, Adam Sandler has been cast in the Netflix adaptation of The Spaceman of Bohemia with Johan Renk set to direct. Uh, Johan Renk is responsible for the Chernobyl series. So if you got to see that from HBO, amazing, fantastic little miniseries, super gross. I think that's probably the best word for it. Really, like it was hard to look at the TV Uh, For a lot of that show, I say that in a great way, incredible series. I'm really interested. I mean, if you you told me that Adam Sandler was going to be pairing up with the guy from Chernobyl, I never would have believed you because I don't, not that Adam Sandler is incapable of playing uh, whatever role would be uh, required to star in a Johan Rank movie. I just wouldn't believe you, but here we are. The story follows an astronaut played by Adam Sandler, sent to the edge of the galaxy to collect mysterious ancient dust. He soon finds his earthly life fall, or excuse me, yeah, falling into pieces, uh, and he turns to the only voice who can help him try to put it back together. It just so happens to belong to a creature from the beginning of time, lurking in the shadows of his ship. 
It is considered a drama. Uh, it's just, I like this. I feel like I'm making it sound like I'm not going to like it or that it's going to be a disaster or something. I like it. Like I said, if you get Johan Rink from Chernobyl to do something, it's probably going to be pretty solid if he's able to kind of recreate what he's able to do with that series. Adam Sandler just surprised me to be in this role, but I, I don't know. I It's just really interesting. That's It's kind of all I have to say about it. It's breaking my brain, but I liked how it's doing that. So, uh, so again, that's Adam Sandler, Ben Cast, in the Netflix adaptation of The Spaceman of Bohemia. If I didn't already mention, it is going to be an adaptation of a novel, so they do already have some source material to work from for that. Uh, next up, we have Kenya Barris, the creator of Blackish, if you're familiar with that show. He's going to be making his directorial debut with a Richard Pryor biopic. Uh, Richard Pryor, famous, iconic, comedian, stand-up comedian. Uh, the film rights were acquired by MGM, who also acquired the rights to the Sammy Davis Jr. biopic. So my only guess here is they have a very particular vision in mind when bringing these stories to life. Uh, I like this. I don't necessarily have a problem with MGM having the rights to this. I I, I almost... I honestly don't even think it's a thing so much. It's just a part of this new story. So I threw it in there myself. Um, it's just going to be really interesting to see what angle they take on Richard Pryor's life and how much of it they actually cover. Because what came to mind for me is similar to Bohemian Rhapsody. You can tell a relatively interesting story about a super icon that will mostly about um, Freddie Mercury obviously covered Queen, but it's it's about Freddie Mercury. Here you have Richard Pryor, who lived a pretty larger than life life, and I hate to say it, but drug use is a big part of both stories. So between Freddie Mercury and now Richard Pryor, Bohemian Rhapsody did not touch on it. They they barely hinted at it basically, but that was a much bigger part of his life, and there. Are more tragic events that happened that they just didn't cover. And they obviously manipulated the order of events uh, from Freddie Mercury's life and Queen as a band. So Bohemian Rhapsody just had so many problems. The Richard Pryor, bio, Richard Pryor biopic, it's not a tongue twister, but I tongue twisted it. The Richard Pryor biopic could run into similar issues. I just, again, I would think that MGM has a very particular vision that they want to um, bring up when they make these movies. So we'll see. A Richard Pryor biopic, I think, could be cool, though. So that's that. And that's it for real news. We're moving on to trailers already. Uh, and first up is The Midnight Sky. This one is uh, stars and is directed by George Clooney. Uh, so I think that's pretty interesting. And then Felicity Jones will be starring alongside him. The Midnight Sky is coming to Netflix on December 23rd. And the synopsis for it, this post-apocalyptic tale follows Augustine, a lonely scientist in the Arctic, as he races to stop Sully and her fellow astronauts from returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. This is more of a teaser than a full trailer, uh, so it's harder to get a real gauge on how good this is going to be or how excited I am. Uh, George Clooney is a kind of grizzled old uh, scientist, as it says. Um, so I kind of like him in that role. It looks like it's going to look good, if, if I remember correctly. The last uh, real outer space movie that we got to see George Clooney in was Gravity. I personally didn't love Gravity, and that came out however many years ago now. So I actually didn't see it in theaters. I saw it at home, which is a completely different experience. So that's that's on me. But interesting to see what he's going to do here uh, with The Midnight Sky. This one is another adaptation of a book by a different name. I think it was Good Morning Midnight. That's what it was called. 
Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think George Clooney, again, in this grizzled old scientist role dealing with outer space, I'm interested in it. So we'll see. Again, directing it, uh, starring in it alongside Felicity Jones. Midnight Sky coming to Netflix December 23rd. Stardust. mm. So the the Midnight Sky was probably the the best trailer that came out last week. If I can say that again, it was really kind of just a teaser. Uh, Stardust. Ooh, we're running. We're running into something here. Uh, Stardust is coming to theaters and video on demand on November twenty fifth. Is a synopsis for it. Stardust will chronicle the young David Bowie's first visit to the United States in nineteen seventy one, a trip that inspired the invention of his iconic alter ego Ziggy Stardust. Now, the reason I'm so I'm kind of mincing my words here, dancing around the fact that this is going to be a movie. I'm I'm stealing from the Guardian here. They wrote a story about it just covering um, the trailer itself and talking about, I mentioned Bohemian Rhapsody earlier. It touches on um, the success of Bohemian Rhapsody, at least from the box office. It won an Oscar. Um, we have Bohemian Rhapsody. You have Rocketman. Um, that one covering Elton John. So you have these biopics from these iconic bands, iconic artists that did well. Big budget behind them. Just a lot going into the movies and a lot of success that came from them. Say what you will about the movie themselves. There's success behind it. Stardust and David Bowie. Arguably, it's either as big or bigger than those two with uh, David Bowie. A lot of, there's a great story to tell. Uh, there should be a decent budget behind it. Just all these things going into it where you're like, wow, this should be good. The bad news is that Stardust isn't one of those films. This is where I'm stealing from The, from the Guardian. The bad news is that Stardust is not one of those films referring to Bohemian Rhapsody or or Rocketman. It isn't authorized in the slightest and has been prohibited from including a single David Bowie song. So they don't have the rights to his music. David Bowie's family did not give the director of this film permission to do any of this. And they're getting criticized publicly for making this movie. Yet here we are. And Stardust is coming out. You can't make a David Bowie movie without permission to make any part of the movie. I have no idea how they got this far without getting sued. Or maybe the sue is to come. But I I don't, I don't even know what else to say. It's coming again November 25th. So we're not that far away from being able to see whatever this movie is. I cannot imagine it is any good. I hate to rip on anybody that's involved in this movie, and I apologize. There's no real big name attached to it, which says a lot too. I am just, I'm very interested in it because I don't know what to expect. I'm I'm kind of expecting a stinker, but that's going to be something. Again, November 25th, we are going to get Stardust in select theaters and on demand. So you, you can watch it. On November 25th, even if you don't have access to theaters or you don't feel safe going yet, you can see whatever Stardust is in the comfort of your own home uh, just right before Thanksgiving there. And next up, Songbird. So in the Midnight Sky, like I said, Midnight Sky, decent teaser, teaser, decent trailer. Stardust, nothing particularly wrong with the trailer, but I, I mean, that's going to be a disaster. Songbird actually looks pretty competently made and looks like they're going to make something interesting out of it. I'm personally not interested in this whatsoever. 
And I've said several times that any movie that's being made that's going to cover the pandemic and lockdowns and whatnot, I don't want to see it. I know it's going to be a thing. I'm going to have to see these movies. I just really wish we could not do this whole song and dance. But here we are. Songbird. They mentioned in the trailer it's just coming soon. We don't know if it's going to be coming to theaters or on demand or what the plan with it uh, really is. If we're already getting a trailer, you have to think that there's some plans uh, for it to exist for us in the near future, probably before the, the year is up. But we'll see. Songbird coming soon. Synopsis for it. In 2022, a pandemic ravages the world and its cities, centering on a handful of people as they navigate the obstacles currently hindering society, disease, martial law, quarantine, and vigilantes. This is a COVID movie, and it specifically references COVID-23 in the trailer. It's produced by Michael Bay. It stars KJ Apa and Sophia Carson as the leads. Craig Robinson is also set to star. Bradley Whitford will be starring, if you remember him from Get Out, Paul Walter Hauser, Alexandra Daddario, and Demi Moore. It looks, I already said this, it looks competently made. It looks like there's going to be an interesting, irrelevantly, a relatively, excuse me, interesting story. And it's got a great cast. I, I'm going to be devastated if this movie is good or if I like it. Because I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do these movies but it doesn't look that bad. It looks like it's going to be a, a little intense and probably very over the top. Surprise, Michael Bay attached over the top. But I I don't know. If, if, it's, if that kind of movie is for you and you're interested in seeing it, good for you. I can understand why. I'm personally just not looking forward to it. That's I'll kind of leave it at that because I'm. it's probably going to come up for probably the next year that I'm going to have to talk about movies like this. So whatever. Songbird coming soon. But that's it. Like I said, kind of short segment there for news and trailers. Uh, today, just going to be talking about two movies. Two movies, uh, kind of, they're not so much in the spirit of Halloween. They're not related to Halloween by any means. Uh, they're just scarier. They're more on the horror side. Obviously, you're going to get that uh, as October comes to a close. And I guess I should say, we're into November now. Daylight savings already happened. Or we set our clocks back. We fell back. Uh, so congrats to the seasons changing. We're on to Thanksgiving and Christmas now. So here we go. Uh, but again, today, I'm going to be talking about The Empty Man. I finally saw it. Went to theaters. Saw a couple of movies over the past week. The Empty Man was one of them. The synopsis for The Empty Man. On the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. That'll be my first review, and the second review and final review will be Come Play. Synopsis for Come Play. A monster named Larry manifests itself through smartphones and mobile devices, which is true, but not completely true, because it's definitely just screens and like all technology or electricity, uh, so I don't know why they just limit it to smartphones and mobile devices, but this is a feature film version of the 2017 short film. So maybe in that short film, it was just smartphones and mobile devices, but in the feature film, it's pretty much just screens and electricity. So that's that. Without further ado, let's review The Empty Man. I feel as though I throw around the word convoluted more often than I should when I'm talking about movies. 
Sometimes it's fair for me to criticize a story for being too confusing or for a plot to have a few too many things going on, but I feel confident when I say The Empty Man is the most convoluted, confusing, and all-over-the-place film that I have ever seen in my entire life. The Empty Man is rated R and directed by David Pryor. It is categorized as a crime, drama, and horror that runs 2 hours and 17 minutes long, and it stars James Badge Dale, Marin Ireland, Aaron Poole, and somehow, I don't know how they got him to do this movie, Stephen Root. The Empty Man comes in at a 3% full on the milk meter. Let's start with the main character, James. Was he supposed to be a dark and brooding man down on his luck, just trying to do the right thing? Or was he the comic relief? Why did his personality flip-flop so many times without reason? It would be overly grumpy of me to say that he was a poor actor because he wasn't, but that was quite the character to work with. And as for the story he was working with, and the infinite number of things happening around him, I felt incredibly lost time and time again. At several points, it felt like the movie was about to get into a rhythm and work toward a consistent, overarching story, only to be taken for a sharp left that left me with my thumb in the air, trying to catch the next bit of story that felt like it was going somewhere. Between the freakish cult, the zombie teddy bear, the demonic alien, the overly sophisticated ritual to summon the empty man, and every other random act thrown into this nightmare of a story, I passionately hated the empty man. Somehow I can't quite bring myself to say that this is the worst movie that I've ever seen, but it sure was a tough pill to swallow, and I do not tend on going down that road again. Although its apparent message of technology is bad and it's leading to severe isolation and sadness is approximately 10 years too late, give or take another 10, the vehicle used to personify that darkness and bring it to life presented a consistent level of intensity that actually made Come Play work decently well. Come Play is rated PG-13, is directed by Jacob Chase. It is categorized as a horror and a drama that runs one hour and 36 minutes long, and it stars John Gallagher Jr., Jillian Jacobs, and Ozzy Robertson. Come Play comes in at a 52% full on the milk meter. While the dialogue was subpar, and again, the film's message wasn't particularly strong, I thought Come Play did a good job not leaning on those two elements more than they needed to to get their point across. By jumping right into the thick of things and keeping the pressure on throughout the whole movie, I felt relatively engaged and entertained the entire time, especially because of the strong performances brought on by the kids, and Ozzy Robertson in particular. Do I think they should have strayed away from Spongebob being such an important part in the movie? Yeah, probably. But as someone who grew up with the show and enjoys it to this day, I'll, I'll let it slide this time. Otherwise, Come Play was as good and entertaining as it could have been given the fact that it's rated PG-13 and was pushing a pretty innocent message. Before I finish up here, though, I feel obligated to mention there were several points in the theater when children were laughing while I was more so on the edge of my seat, and maybe that says more about me. But however you handle scary movies, I trust that Come Play will entertain you at the very least. That is all I have for news and reviews this week. Again, kind of a shorter episode. 
Uh, I appreciate everybody for listening. I say that every week, but I genuinely mean it. Uh, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy it, even if you hate it, feel free to rate it five stars, no more, no less. Five stars, leave a review. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at Milk Movies. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not done so already. Share it with your friends. Uh, next week, I'm probably going to be talking about two new movies or two new-ish movies. Nothing really coming out this next weekend. So two new-ish movies, something that has come out in the past few weeks that I haven't gotten to talk about yet. Looking forward to doing that. I will let you guys know when I can. Again, thank you everybody for listening. Hasta la vista. Stuff.